Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I'm so excited to bring Ashley Ray on today. She is the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. The company works with artisans in Asia, from Bali to India to Nepal, to create products supporting a mindfulness and meditation practice. Ashley designs the pieces such as mala beads, crystal kits, and meditation cushions by merging tradition and modern-day aesthetics. Welcome, Ashley. I'm so ready to chat with you today about this really important topic. Uh, Thanks, Jessica. I am so grateful to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's um, start with you telling us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. So I started Mala Collective nine years ago. We're heading into our 10th year this year, which is absolute bananas to think about. Feels like lifetimes ago. Um, But before I started Mala, I was a journalist. So I used to cover murder trials, uh, which I think is probably the exact opposite life of what I'm living right now. And I started the business not not with the goal of being an entrepreneur, because I didn't know that entrepreneurship was this cool thing 10 years ago. Uh, I started it because I was traveling through Bali, fell in love with these mala beads and was flying from Bali to Thailand. And this beautiful woman came up to me on the plane and said, your aura is so beautiful. She sat down and started talking to me. And it turns out that she was the woman that made the mala beads that I was wearing. Her guru told her to get these beads to the West because they embody peace. And the more people that wear them, the more the world will be at peace. And the West needs peace the most. And, you know, we said, we love peace. We're from the West. We'll help you out. So that was this incredibly serendipitous start to a, a big life chain where now meditation and mindfulness and gratitude uh, has been, you know, my day-to-day practice, which I'm just so in awe of and so grateful for. Wow. That is a really incredible story. And I feel like there are a million questions I want to ask you. Um, but the first one that comes to mind is, did you have a meditation practice before you met her or was that something that evolved with your business? Oh, that's a great question. I did not have a meditation practice before then. It's funny you asked that when I was in Bali, I remember I signed up for some meditation trainings And the teacher didn't show up. And I was actually grateful because I was so nervous because I thought I was going to do it wrong. Uh, But I had a a really strong yoga practice. And now when I look back on that, you know, when I get into flow state or when I get into this, this this state where, you know, I drop into the space between the thoughts, as Deepak Chopra calls it, I was finding that on my yoga mat, but I wasn't calling it meditation. I would say in the past nine years, my practice has evolved 
um, a lot. And I'm grateful that now I, you know, I travel the world and I can take meditation trainings around the world to see the different approaches. So my mindset before was very much, oh, I can't do it because I'm going to do it wrong. And now I realize, you know, there's so many ways to meditate and so many approaches. And that's a really big barrier for people to start a meditation practice is that they're fearful that um, I'm not going to do it right. And that's a really big block for us as humans. We have this all or nothing approach of if I can't do it correctly, I'm not going to do it at all. And I think that that becomes a big barrier. So for me in my own journey of learning meditation, it's been really reflected in Mala Collective of how do we make this accessible for people and how do we make it fun and how do we make it beautiful and how do we make it light? Because that's a more attractive way to start a practice. And then you can get deeper and deeper as you grow. Yeah, I, I love that. And I like it almost as like um, a metaphor for, I don't know if metaphor is the right the right word, but for self-doubt, you know, that we as yeah. entrepreneurs, and and I really want to get into this with you because I'm sure you've experienced this a lot as an entrepreneur yourself. There's mm. a lot of fear around not getting our not getting our business right, um, you know, not knowing how to do the right things. And and really that self-doubt causes so causes us to hold ourselves back or not go after the big things or maybe not take that step forward when someone approaches you on a plane and says, you, Mm. you know, I feel you were called to do this. So, um, I want to talk about, um, how that meditation practice, no matter what it looks like can help us with that self-doubt as female entrepreneurs. Um, but first I'd love to know what's been your experience with self-doubt as an entrepreneur. Have you experienced it in your career? Oh my gosh, this is a great question. I feel like this this self doubt thing is has been my biggest barrier in business. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll speak a little bit to that starting because of how the business started. So this incredibly serendipitous experience then led into this gorgeous business that I'm so grateful for. Um, and that story I'm aware is so beautiful, but what you don't see is the nine years of hustle and crying and meltdowns thinking I'm not good enough and you know, trying to figure out HR and payroll and all of these things I didn't know anything about. And I really started off in a place of self-doubt thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't go to business school. I didn't go to this. I don't have this background. I don't have this background. And people would comment to me constantly saying, you know, I wish something would fall into my lap like it did for you. And I know that that comment was never meant offensively. Um, but what I encourage people to reflect on is we receive so many moments of serendipity and magic and connection throughout the day. But most of the time, we're not open to it. We we have that mindset of it's too good to be true. So I guess what I had going for me in the beginning was this trust, uh, this deep trust in the universe, deep trust that I was meant to meet this woman, but zero business knowledge, <laughs> zero <laughs> business experience. So, you know, that trust in the universe is very powerful, but my goodness, that, that self-doubt was so crippling. Uh, and it really, truly haunted me every day, every night I was in tears thinking I'm not good enough to be doing this. Somebody else should be doing this. You know, there's somebody more spiritual out there that could be doing this. They don't know I'm in my twenties and I, I don't know what I'm doing when I'm responding to these emails from people sending me these heartfelt, beautiful stories saying, Hey, my mala helped me get through divorce, helped me get through abuse. It helped me get through sex change. And I really got into my head thinking, who am I? 
to be this person responding to this person's journey. And the more work I did on myself, the more I meditated, the more I realized, hey, this trust in the universe, this trust in serendipity, this trust of I meant to be on this journey helped empower me on that journey. But, you know, I have to say it was one meditation. I heard this voice saying, just get over yourself. Mm. Ashley, you are standing in your way and you are being really selfish by staying in fear. And when you're in this fear state, you are robbing so many people of an incredible life experience. And that that's not said in the sense of ego that Malaklet is the only way that people can transform. If people are seeking, they will find it. But how beautiful would it be if we could be one of those people that they came across, one of those companies, one of those products that they came across. And by me playing small and by staying in fear, I was actually blocking that experience for so many people and blocking that joy from myself. So that meditation was a really big turning point for me and a big wake up call. And I would say, I'm not completely over self-doubt now. I feel as we continue to level up as entrepreneurs, as partners, as parents, as siblings, as kids, you know, in any in any version of who we are in life, that we're going to reach a new level and be fearful that we're not good enough for that level. I would say that my goal is not to re- remove that fear of self-doubt, but to be kinder to myself in those moments. So now when I have that limiting belief of I'm not good enough for this I go, okay, I hear that. And I have some tools and practices that I turn to to close that thought loop quicker. So maybe it's getting up and going for a walk and just stopping that thought process. So that pattern interruption, maybe it's gratitude journaling. Maybe it's looking through some photos to see things I've accomplished. Maybe it's reading a positive email. Maybe it's calling a friend. Maybe it's, you know, sitting in meditation. So there's a whole bunch of tools and practices that I turn to now to help snap me out of those moments of self-doubt. And I think that we all have different tools that we can turn to. I would say physical movement and meditation for me uh, and gratitude are, are probably my, my top three that I turn to when I get into those, those um, self-doubt spirals. I love that self-doubt spirals is (laughs) so accurate. And I think everyone listening can um, relate to what that means. A a really important piece that you said that's been so important to me as well in managing self-doubt and the anxiety and the fear that comes with it is that trust, that trust Mm -hmm. in the universe, that wholehearted faith that everything is happening as it should, the way it should, when it should. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And for me, yes, meditation has been a big piece of that. So for people listening, thinking, how do I build this trust so that I can let the self-doubt sort of exist without letting it really dictate my decisions? Um, Tell us about how you developed that trust. Was meditation a large piece of that? That's another really great question. I think trust is something we all want. We all want. (laughs) I think that to get to trust, we have to let go. And releasing and letting go is a really big step and it's it sounds easy but letting go of things that don't serve us anymore uh, can be a really hard process because we're so used to that limiting belief and it's become part of our identity and it's become part of our story and letting it go well who am I once I let go of that so I would say the first step of letting go um, for me is helpful through journaling and through meditation 
But one thing I've really turned to in the past couple of years is working with coaches. Mm. And I work with an intuition coach, I work with a business coach, I work with a, you know, a few different types of coaches. And now I'm starting to coach women getting through this because I've realized, wow, I've really learned a lot of tools around this. And I want to help other women feel empowered to step into their purpose and step into their potential. Because we all know we have so much to offer and so much to give. And oftentimes we're just scared to take that leap. So you know, that, that trust in ourselves and that trust in the universe, that trust in others, it is a process. It doesn't just snap overnight. Uh, and I think it is stepping into our divine feminine and really stepping into our bodies and not being too much in our analytical mind. Uh, but I would say the benefit for me and the coaches I've worked with is they softly and gently and lovingly pull it out of me and then reflect it back to me. Because oftentimes we're just chasing, chasing, chasing. We don't take the time to pause and reflect, wow, all these beautiful things have happened. Of course I have trust in me because those things wouldn't have happened. So for me to develop trust with the universe, I have to reflect and go, oh yeah, I did meet that woman on that plane. I couldn't have planned that. That is trust. Hey, I quit my job and I trusted this. So having those past experiences to reaffirm, hey, I am actually really great at this and that analysis paralysis of me overthinking things is one of my blocks. So how do I get out of the analytical and get into my body um, and have people lovingly reflect that to me? I love that. And, and I think it's important to note that not everybody has the budget for a coach. Um, So, so let's look at, because I agree, coaching has been so powerful for me um, in moving past a lot of those same blocks and really understanding my power and and finding Mm -hmm. that trust in time and the universe. And Mm -hmm. um, so if we're looking at, you know, these different tools, we can access ourselves and maybe we focus specifically on meditation. Um, Can you give us some examples of how to use meditation to start building that trust as, as a way of moving, not even moving past the self-doubt, but maybe making friends with the self-doubt. Like, is there a particular Mm. type of meditation? Is there, um, a particular style or some mantras that you like, you know, what kind of tips can you give us for using meditation as, as a tool for self-doubt? That's great. And you know what? I do want to acknowledge coaching is, it is an investment and not everybody can afford it. And I totally I completely understand that. And there's so many free resources online that if if you're committed to your growth, you'll you'll find you'll find a way to get mm-hmm. those resources for free. Uh, through meditation, I would say meditation and journaling for me have been outside of coaching the most powerful. And journaling doesn't cost anything. I would say that having a gratitude practice first has really helped me. And I would say second, a really neat exercise is understanding what are your limiting beliefs and write them out and understand, okay, these have protected me up to this point, and maybe I use them for survival. Maybe I use them to get through whatever situation I was going through, and now I can let go of them. So there's different ceremonies and practices that you can do. You know, I'm a big fan of writing out limiting beliefs on a piece of paper and lighting it on fire in a very safe environment. <laughs> and like, you know, having crystals and having like a meditation around it. If you make it this beautiful divine feminine practice for yourself to release and let go versus being hard on yourself for having those limiting beliefs. I'm a big fan of creating those rituals and creating those, um, you know, feminine experiences that you can reconnect to yourself and give yourself permission to let them go. And through meditation, I'm a big fan of affirmation based meditation. Mm. So that is, I am. So I am 
love. I am grounded. I am patient. All of these things that we think that we lack, we do have them within us. It is the process and the act of bringing them out. Uh, we don't need to seek elsewhere for those things. Like, you know, that, that uh, phrase, if we don't develop it, we marry it. We don't develop it. We, we date it. We mm-hmm. have those things with us. We don't need to find them in somebody else. We have patience. We have love. We have grounding. It is the practice to create some space and trust within yourself to allow those qualities to come out. And you can do that through meditation. You can do it through journaling. Um, and it's proven when you're using those affirmation-based mantras, it starts to rewire your brain so you truly believe that you are that. So there, there are so many unique practices. You can do visualizations of scenarios of you um, living that truth that you want to become. We offer a ton of free guided meditations on our website as well uh, that people can turn to for resources. So there's there's so many practices that we can do. Uh, but I would say first it's identifying what is the limiting belief and then feeling into, you know, if the limiting belief is I'm unlovable, what can I do to remind myself that I am loved, that I am lovable? What does that look like? And that's going to be a different answer for everyone. Absolutely. I want to go back to something you said. Um because I feel as though you're probably an expert in this area. Um, You mentioned crystals. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there any particular um, crystals or types of crystals that you would recommend for bringing into your meditation when we're focusing on self-doubt and fear? So I would say the two that I would recommend, actually there's three I'd recommend. Um, One, quartz crystal. It is the most common um, crystal that you can find. It's the clear quartz. And that's for clearing energy of a space. So that's really nice to come into the space to clear any of the old energy that that might have been in that physical location. I'm a big fan of quartz crystal. So that gray, uh, gray crystal. And that's for grounding. So I feel like that really helps us drop into our body and get out of our analytical mind. And I think in the analytical mind, that's where we get into fear and self-doubt. Uh, and then third, I would say is moonstone for intuition. Um, I think that intuition is so powerful and that we all have it. And knowing knowing that we can trust our intuition, first off, the word trust is in there. We need to let go of that fear and let go, let go of that self-doubt and step into this place of trusting ourselves. And you know, when you go through an experience like, oh, I knew that was going to happen but we didn't follow our gut. We didn't follow our heart. We didn't follow that pull inside of us. That intuition is so strong. Uh, I'm a really big fan of that. I just took a a training on intuition and I think it's so beautiful that we all have it and it's just trusting it. It really is just the first step is trusting ourselves. Yeah. I always say we are our own Google. We have all (laughs) within us. And if only, if only we give ourselves time to quiet down and let those answers float to the surface, we would, we would start to really see that. And meditation is such a beautiful way to do that. And, um, journaling as well. Um, I suppose since we've talked about journaling, um, are there any particular, like, um, sort of putting you on the spot, but, um, (laughs) prompts that you've used or that come to mind to help the listeners dig deeper into that self-doubt? I know you mentioned Mm. um, the limiting beliefs and sort of what are they, but um, might there be like one or two other questions that um, listeners could journal on to help them get a little closer to understanding and and making friends with that self-doubt? 
That's a great question. Hmm. There's a couple things coming up for me and they're not exactly directly related to that, but I would say I'm a really big fan of intention setting and goal setting. Hmm. And I think when I set those goals, I get really clear on what I feel I'm lacking (laughs) and Hmm. what I'm missing um, just by doing that process. So I can also feel in my gut when I'm setting a goal, I'm like, Ooh, I'm not going to be able to do that, which means I don't think I'm good enough for that, or I'm not worthy of that, or I'm not, you know, my self doubts come out in those moments uh, because oftentimes, you know, Oh, I actually don't have any self doubts. I'm great. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever met somebody who's ever said that, but uh, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> but I think that that might be a form of denial that, um, you know, I would say just sit and meditate on it. I think that, one of the when I teach meditation, and I in the first you know minute, you go through a body scan, get people to drop into their body, and then we choose an affirmation. And what I guide people through is close your eyes, feeling into your body, and then ask yourself, what do you want to call in in this moment? And it can be a word like patience, like love, like gratitude. And it's the first thing that comes to mind. And usually that's the thing that we need the most in that moment. So whether that's a feeling of lack or a feeling of I need this right now, or I feel so called and pulled to letting a word come to you with ease, I find is the best way to allow yourself to call in that thing that we we that we feel we're missing. And then we turn it into an affirmation. So if it's love, I really want love right now. I am love. I am love. I am love. That becomes your mantra in the meditation. And it's really simple. I I do that in my morning meditations and I check in. Okay. What do I need today? Oh man, I really need to feel supported. Okay. So my mantra is I am supported or I really need to feel patient. So I, I let it flow to me with ease. And that's very similar to, you know, people ask, how do I choose my mala? It might sound like a woo-woo answer, but the mala chooses you. You look at it and you intuitively know what it is that you need. And I have seen people at events or trade shows or wherever I've been pick up the same crystal or gemstone or mala over and over again. And when I tell them the meaning, they break down in tears and like, that's what I feel I need right now. So I do think it is a very intuitive um, experience. I hope that answers that. I can speak to some journaling prompts if you'd like as well. If you have some, absolutely, but no worries if nothing comes to mind. I just wasn't sure if there were any that were powerful or supportive for you or any questions that you found you came back to a lot, um, a lot, but I can, I can share a bit about my, my morning routine because I feel like that for me triggers my areas of doubt as well. Um, so I, my morning routine, I do my gratitude journaling every morning, um, for 10 minutes and I do reflective journaling for 10 minutes. And I know I have a really big block when I'm really grumpy and I can't think of anything to be grateful for. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I notice I'm having a block when my gratitude practice starts with, I am grateful for this coffee cup. I'm grateful for this table and this chair and it's physical objects around me because I'm like struggling to start. And then it gets deeper into, I'm grateful for this journey. I'm grateful for my practice. And it, it gets bigger and bigger and around people and places and um, thoughts and experiences. And then in my reflective journaling, I'll often write, wow, I noticed I had a huge block around this word today, or I had this come up for me. So in my reflective journaling after my gratitude, often it will come to me, hey, Ashley, I think, um, you know, you're really struggling with um, 
feeling supported or you're feel, you're struggling with finances right now or you have a block around whatever. Um, but it usually comes to me when I'm very clear, when I'm grateful for. <laughs> it tells me also, hey, there's an area that I, I really want to dive into because I'm avoiding it. Yep. That makes sense. Um, I, <laughs> I know that feeling very well when I'm like looking out at a beautiful scene and I'm like, I'm not even grateful for this. And obviously I really am, but um, I identifying that block. Um, I love the power of journaling and being able to dig deeper into those spaces that we would maybe want to just be on the surface with. Um, yeah. And we already know, we already know the answer. Like if I asked right now, what do you want to work on? You would know. And one of the things that I love, my friend asked me a difficult question. I'm like, oh, I don't know the answer. And she said, but if you did know, what would it be? And it immediately pulled the answer out of me. I love that prompt. So maybe it's, what do I want to work on? Mm, I don't know. But if I did know, what would it be? Mm. And just get yourself to answer one word. It's just the first thing that floats to you. Because um, we do know, <laughs> just if we want to admit it, <laughs> that is a different step. Yeah, if we want to admit it and that element, what comes to me is that feeling of the right or wrong and sort of being in your mm. head about that answer rather than just letting it be what it is. Um, yeah. Because yeah. so often um, we I just released um, last week an episode or this week um, an episode about um, tapping into your subconscious to really find that bigger vision and how when we allow, when we allow our rational mind to direct our vision, we often don't actually get to really the true authentic vision that we have for ourselves because our rational mind wants to be logical. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's the same thing in this case um, when you're asking yourself a question like that um, or even looking at your self-doubt, maybe you want to be logical when you say, oh, well, I'm scared about, scared about not making enough money. But it's like if you tap in a little bit deeper, you find what really the authentic fear is there. Um, and, and maybe that's something, you know, related to childhood wounds or trauma, um, unhealed, unhealed sadness um, or unhealed fears beneath the surface. And so using meditation, using journaling, um, I find, and it sounds like you find as well, is such a powerful way to, to get off the surface and really get down underneath because we're not going to, we're not going to be able to manage self-doubt by just living on the surface. It's it's getting inside to do that inside work of building the trust within yourself and within Mm -hmm. the universe and, and all the other beautiful um, pieces that come when we, when we allow ourselves to dig a little bit deeper Um, and what comes with that, which is something so much bigger than ourselves and so much bigger than Mm -hmm. maybe our rational mind even would have thought was possible. I agree. And I think the benefit, even if the meditation is three minutes, and if you take that time to get out of the busyness of the to-dos and you drop in, you get to just witness the thoughts that keep coming up. And in that moment of just witnessing, whoa, there's a lot of negative thoughts in here. The point of meditation, in my experience, is not to eliminate all the thoughts, um, be able to witness them, and then find some space in between them. And then come back to a focal point, really without judgment and with gentleness and ease. Um, but just being able to drop in and see those thoughts that I can't remember the percentage, but it's a very high percentage. I think it's about 90 something percent of our thoughts are thoughts from yesterday. So how do we reprogram those, those thoughts 
and get out of those self-doubt patterns. Um, and we're so, we're so able to change those. We're, we're, we're so powerful in um, having more intention behind our thoughts. Um, I think it's such a gift for me of the gratitude practice is shifting from a place of scarcity to abundance. And I've noticed now my thought process is so much more kind and I verbalize gratitude to people so much more. And just that simple act of shifting my thoughts into a place of, I'm thankful for this today, I'm thankful for this, I'm grateful for this. Um, I'm so curious to, to, when I look back, like I'm, I'm so curious what my percentage of negative thoughts were to positive thoughts. Probably very high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For most, most of us before we have some sort of practice, whether that's meditation mm-hmm. or journaling or, you know, like I like to remind people just sitting with tea and listening to music and staring out the window, you know, mm-hmm. giving yourself that space and that awareness, yeah. because the second we bring awareness to something, it's, it's sort of hard to go back from there, right? You get yes. to that place and you're like, wow, how could I ever live not like this? Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, this has been a really lovely conversation, a lot of really great ideas. Um, I know listeners can take a lot away from this. If, if there was one thing you wanted to make sure that our listeners left with in terms of knowing how to better work with their self-doubt, um, what would be maybe your one last sort of make sure if you remember nothing else, you remember this? Hmm. That you're probably already really great at meditating. I think that <laughs> most people, the comment I get is, I know I should meditate, but I'm so bad at it. Or I've tried and I'm awful, so I gave up. A meditation practice doesn't have to look like you sitting on a cushion for 30 minutes with no thoughts. It can be as simple as 30 seconds of alternate nostril breathing or box breathing where you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. Just taking the moment to connect to your breath and drop into your body. And then you can work on how you sit and what mantra you use later, you know, just, just starting the practice. Um, there's no wrong way to approach the practice. I had a teacher say, once you've meditated every day for, for two years, then you can figure out the logistics and am I doing it right or wrong? So it's really just building the habit of breathing and connecting. And we're all great at that. It's just allowing ourselves to not be scared that we're going to do it wrong. Mm, yeah. Not doubt our ability yeah. to meditate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was great. Thank you so much, Ashley. Um, last two questions for you. Uh, what are you getting intentional about right now? Ooh, stepping into my purpose. Hmm. I feel like that is a massive statement. Hmm. <laughs> last year was the uncovering of purpose. And I know that my purpose is to serve and, you know, I mentioned earlier, I've worked with so many coaches and my goal is to help other women get through this get through these blocks that I feel like I, I've spent so many years collecting different tools and practices and data around. And I want to empower more women to feel enough and also make more money. Only 4% of female-owned businesses surpass a million dollars. And I want to help more women make more money um, and have our voices be heard and, and showcase that you can have businesses that are purpose-driven, that are of service to others, and that are coming from a place of love. And that feels like um, 
my journey in this moment. And I'm very grateful for it. And of course, nervous <laughs> feelings of self-doubt and enoughness, but um, that's what I'm stepping into now. So I'm, I'm very excited. If you're nervous, you're probably on the right track. Yes. Thank you. That's what I always know. <laughs> and lastly, where can our listeners find you and connect with you? Yes, of course. Uh, you can visit us at Mala Collective. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me on Instagram. It's Ashley underscore underscore Ray, W-R-A-Y. And, you, you know, we're a small team. If you ever want to email us or message us on Instagram, we see all of your messages. We're happy to help connect you to some free guided meditations or help you choose a crystal or teach you how to use a mala. We're really here to help you figure out what is your best version of meditation for you. I love that. Well, thank you again so much, Ashley, for being here. It's been truly a pleasure to just nerd out on meditation and <laughs> with you for about 30 minutes. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in. I so appreciate you. And I will talk to you again on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.